Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on who cheap guitars are for. I remember when I first learned guitar, and I couldn't afford a Fender Stratocaster. I wanted to look and sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton, Buddy Guy, Van Halen, Jimi Hendrix. Eventually, I ended up with a Fender Strat, but it didn't look or sound like the ones that my heroes played, so I started modding. Of course, there is way more to sounding like these icons than the parts and materials, but that didn't matter to me. As time went on, I wanted to look and sound like other artists, but didn't have the money to buy all the expensive gear. And therefore, I entered into a phase of my life where I started buying cheap guitars. But... Who are cheap guitars for? What classifies a guitar as cheap? Are there any good ones out there? How do you know it's time to upgrade? Are they worth modding? And what are the usual flaws? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Barber on the Tweed Couch. Well, Barber, it is great to have you on for a full episode today of Therapy on the Tweed Couch. Thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me. I'm definitely in need of some Tweed Couch uh, sessioning. Yeah. You know, you and me both, because the subject that we're going to go into today is mm. probably one of those that every guitar player has to deal with. Yes, definitely. And that subject is cheap guitars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know as my budget has gotten larger because of getting a full-time job, being married to someone who has a full-time job, mm-hmm. kids start to get a little bit older, and some of the things like diapers and yeah. that kind of stuff start going away, daycare starts going away, all of a sudden, I've got a little bit more money, and it makes yes. it easier to pull the trigger on possibly a cheap guitar. Mm-hmm. So with that said... Who are cheap guitars actually for? That's a good question. I'll definitely say my perspective on this subject has changed a little bit in the past six months. I, I might have mentioned it maybe once or twice, but I, I work at a music and arts store in yeah. Pennsylvania. And they're owned by Guitar Center, and they're kind of marketed as the education wing of Guitar Center. So, See, and that's great. I'm glad that I have you on this therapy session. Simply because you are probably the best authority that I know on what is a cheap guitar. So this this is going to be good. So I'm I'm glad that you're answering who cheap guitars are for. And we probably should also classify what a cheap guitar is, too. Yeah, definitely. And I think to answer just really quickly what the who the cheap guitar is for and then we can answer what classifies. I think the best answer is a cheap guitar is for somebody who's wants to play guitar but maybe is not ready to make it a bigger investment. It's silly. Yeah. Like we, we have a lot of students come in that want to learn and it's silly to say, here's an $800 guitar for something you've literally never touched before. So I think the cheap right. guitar is designed for someone who wants to play guitar, but is not sure if they're a going to stick with it or B if they're going to be any good at it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree that that is, that is definitely a where people should be when they're wanting to start. You know, it is nice to start with a Paul Reed Smith 594. Yeah. 
but you don't know what to do with a Paul Reed Smith 594. You're not no, going to no. sound any better. And actually, my son is a fantastic example of this because he'll pick up one of my PRSs and he'll go, man, this guitar is great. And he'll play it. He'll plug it in. And then he'll pick up his vintage V130, which it's actually the vintage brand. It's not vintage. It is the vintage <laughs> brand. I know V130. And he'll pick that thing up and he will sound the exact same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No difference. So no. I guess now we do need to classify what is actually a cheap guitar. Like, what do you consider a cheap guitar? So my gut response, my gut instinct when you say that may not be the most accurate, but this is, I think, the basis of what we're going to start off of. In my mind, anything less than $500 is a cheap guitar in my mind. If I see a price tag and it's less than, if it's new and less than $500, I'm like, that's probably a cheap guitar. I don't think it's that simple, but like, that's, Still, my mind that I mean, and even less so for acoustic guitars. Acoustic guitars, anything less than like eight or nine hundred, I would say, is probably on the cheaper side. Uh, yeah. But that for me, yeah, the price. If we're looking at just what, how much a price cheap guitar is, it's less than five hundred, and I would consider that in the cheap guitar realm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you put it that way because I really only have one qualifier in order to call something a cheap guitar. Because a lot of times people will say oh, well, that's a cheap guitar. And Mm -hmm. what they mean is material used. What they mean is the name on the headstock. What they Mm -hmm. mean is the place where it was made. What they mean is how it functions and how it holds tune. But Mm -hmm. really, the one qualifier should be how much it costs because that's the units of measurement. We're talking about cheapness. We're talking Mm -hmm. about how much it costs. And actually, my prime example to this is I have a Gretsch White Falcon. Mm-hmm. Gretsch White Falcon is nearly four thousand U.S. dollars. That's mm. an expensive guitar. Yeah. And on that expensive guitar, I have a plastic nut. <laughs> I have a Bigsby, so it has a little bit of difficulty holding its tune. Yeah. I have. It's made in Japan. Mm. You know, these are all things that you would go. Well, if I had something that just came over from Japan and had plastic parts and didn't hold tune 100%, one would call that a cheap guitar. Yeah. This is is about four grand. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, I did replace the nut with a Graftech nut, and uh, the Bigsby, I did a little bit of tweaking with it, and that thing stays in tune all the time now. So, Nice, yeah. Yeah. Didn't take much, but... Yeah, there's a difference between, like, cheap in price and then, like, seemingly cheap quality. And I think that, like, there are some Fender, like, American-made Fenders that I've picked up before. And been like, this feels a little cheap to me. Or even their, their player stuff, which is what was called their Mexican made, you know, Mexican yeah, strats. Right. They're called player. Like, honestly, b- the difference between a squire and a player strat are not that different anymore. We have both in the oh, store yeah. and they sound and feel about the same. But one is $200, the other one is $800. Right. But I would only classify, again, with my $500 cutoff, that the Squire is a cheap guitar and the player strat is technically not. Yeah. I would actually go a little bit lower with a cheap guitar. I'd say 300 for sure. Yeah. That no, is I, definitely I, yeah. a cheap guitar. Now, mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you on 500 because there is a number of guitars that I look at price point wise 
And I actually a great example would be like a PRS SE model. Yeah. You can get them used for 500 or less. Mm-hmm. And I would not call that a cheap guitar by the standards in which people talk about what a cheap guitar is. But at the same time, is it more affordable? Yes, absolutely yeah. more affordable than their $4,000 guitar that is a mm-hmm. core model, you know. And part of that is where it's made. That is also a benchmark mover is new versus used. Like oh, a yeah. new 500 and I think I don't know if I said that but a new 100 $500 guitar is cheap. A used $500 guitar not necessarily. Oh yeah, know. that's true. Yeah. And actually yeah. that's probably fair to put it that way because there are a lot of excellent guitars that may have cost 1000 1200 new but now you can pick up for $500 on the used market because they just weren't that popular. Yeah. And actually, a lot of parts casters, they're great examples of ones that the owner might have spent $1,200 on it, mm-hmm. but they're not going to get more than 400 for it. Yeah. Or like even like a Japanese-made Fender. Like, that is a used instrument that when it was out, was a good chunk, not a huge chunk of change, but like there you can get them from pretty cheap, but they're like really good quality guitars. Like I really, yeah, yeah, they're, they're good. Oh yeah. So who actually benefits most from a cheap guitar? I think like young musicians or musician, new musicians, not young as an age, but musicians that haven't been playing for a long time. They they can get them into their hands. And and also, like, it's nice that when a a guitar is cheap, you know, if you can buy two cheap, you know, an Epiphone and you buy a Squire, you're kind of learning, do I like cumbucker pickups or do I like single coil pickups more? They're not the same quality that you're getting when they're, you know, American-made, but you're still learning. So I I think the discerning musician, I think cheap guitars are great for I, I'm with you on that. Actually, I, I think that people who just want to try a certain style of guitar but can't necessarily afford mm-hmm. the guitar they want, man, it's perfect. Like, if you yeah, are wanting an ES-335, you know, a Gibson ES-335 is going to cost you thousands of dollars, whereas mm-hmm. you can go get yourself an Epiphone 335 or you can go get yourself an Ibanez Artcore or yep. something like that. And those are actually really nice guitars that one would classify as cheap because you can find them for 500 or less new, especially like the Epiphone Dot series. We have an Epiphone 339 in our store right now, and it's oh, a yeah. great little guitar. I, you know, it's Pelman Blue. I really like it. If it, it It's a blessing that I'm left-handed because there's a possibility I would have bought that guitar. Uh, <laughs> but it, it sounds good. I mean, it, and you know, it's, I think, 450 bucks. Like... That's not bad. It's, I mean, the only thing that, you know, it has the word Epiphone on it instead of Gibson. And there right. are some other things, you know, too. But it's still a good quality right. guitar for what it is. Someone else I think that benefits from a cheap guitar are either luthiers or budding luthiers. People who want a guitar to work on. Like, I want to work on refinishing. I want to work on changing pots. Yeah. I want to work on wiring. You know, actually, a Strat or an S-style guitar is one of the perfect modding platforms out there. Yeah, 100%. Everything goes in the pickguard, except Mm -hmm. for the jack. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, that's it. And so, with that being the case, if you want to try humbuckers, get a new pickguard. Yeah. If you want to try different pot values, you have to change nothing. If you want to have an SSH, 
or if you want to have a P90SH, or if you want to do a <laughs> wide range SSH, you know, I mean, there yeah. is a multitude of things that you can end up doing. And I, I think that that's a really good way for someone to go, I want to learn how to do this. I want to try this. I think anyone who has a lot of guitars and loves to mod needs a modding guitar. Agreed. And a cheap guitar is perfect for that. Mm -hmm. So you don't mess up the one you really, really love. Yeah. I will also say, and this actually probably goes back to the short story that you told, is the person who needs a cheap guitar is the touring musician who does not want to ruin their good one. Yeah, uh, 100%. That is... Something that can be road tested and road worn, and it's not a big deal. I would be a little nervous, you know. I have this nice Martin guitar, you know, cost me about twenty five hundred. That would really stress me out to go out and tour with that again. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I would do that. I probably would find something cheaper. So well, yeah, and we good- need to classify what our touring schedule used to be, because <laughs> our touring schedule was if there's fifty two weeks in a year. We were on the road actually in a church or a nursing home or a school mm-hmm. or a um, a hotel or whatever mm-hmm. playing music for probably about like 45, 48 of those weeks. Yeah. And we were playing almost every day. Mm-hmm. Like there were some yeah. weeks where we played six days and there were some weeks that we played like four or five. But yeah. For the most part, that's what the touring schedule was, and it was the whole year. So yes. now it's winter in the Midwest. It's winter in the North. Mm-hmm. It's summer as we start to get down towards the Bible Belt. The fluctuations are crazy. So yeah, no, 100%. Taking something a little more fragile, and I, you know, Paul Smith would hate me if I told him this, but <laughs> I've had the PRS acoustic guitars, and I've seen them, and I've played them, and a buddy of mine owns one. And they are more fragile of a guitar than that of a Taylor or a Martin or a Fender or an Ibanez or any of that. And that's not a a knock. That's not a shot on them. That's just saying. It's a reality. Yeah. I think this is an important delineation too. And I think we've kind of teetered on this, but like there is a huge difference. I can't stress this enough between a cheap acoustic guitar and a cheap electric guitar. Yeah. Like with an acoustic guitar, if it's not a solid top and solid back and sides it's a cheap guitar i'm just right. at that point yeah so absolutely and i think the well Paul in Smith quality book, we're not talking about yeah. the price point yeah exactly yeah right yeah you're right you're right now interestingly enough as i tour with lynn which as soon as it you know the pandemic slows down and we can get more bookings again i actually took a squire 60s classic vibe custom telecaster And Mm -hmm. over time, I changed the neck, I changed the pickups, I changed the pots, and, you know, as a, I'll I'll just call myself a budding luthier, I've basically just Hmm. modded forever, and I don't want to call myself a luthier, but I know how to do a lot of things. That Mm -hmm. guitar was one of them that I really treated as, this thing's cheap, everything's replaceable. I mean, I bought the thing for 300 used. Yeah. So, you know, there's something to that new. They don't go for five, you know, Mm-mm. so nope. it allows for some modding to happen. And then every time I replaced a part, I sold the old one. So it just mm-hmm. made that part cheaper. 
I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is I don't worry about that. That thing stays mm-hmm. at their place up in Minnesota, which is cold and whatever, although they keep it climate kept. Yeah. I don't worry about it. Like they'll say, hey, we have somebody who needs to use a guitar for this event and you're not going to be mm-hmm. there. Can we borrow it? Yeah, sure. Use yeah. it. I mean, it's yeah. like yeah. everything's replaceable. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to cost an arm and a leg to replace that stuff. Right. Like, if, it, if it was one of your higher end guitars, like a replacement Bigsby, for example, is going to be more than. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's, it's definitely it, it's not only that the guitar itself is cheaper, but the parts can be cheaper, too. Oh, yeah. Now, with that said, I think the other person that cheap guitars are for are the theatrical players. I was just thinking, you know, the people who are like, I'm going to set this thing on fire. I am going to, you know, break it or Mm -hmm. I'm going to play it and give it to a fan. Yeah. Like that's that's really what the cheap guitars are for. Mm -hmm. When Second Adam was doing our CD release of our first big full length album. We actually had a Tobacco Burst Epiphone Les Paul Special 2 that was a giveaway because Mm. I played a Gibson Les Paul Classic that was Tobacco Burst. So it looked like mine, but it was not anywhere near as expensive as mine. And Mm. we gave it away. And that was part of the giveaway was, you know, being able to have this guitar. And it was cheap and it was easy and it was for theatricals, you know, like, here you go. Cheers. Nice. Nice. So that probably brings me to what cheap guitars we've owned other than your Ibanez and my, right. my 60s classic vibe custom. So what cheap guitars have you owned? And are there any out there right now that you're kind of looking at going, yeah, I think I'd own that. Yeah. Um. So definitely that Ibanez I told you about. And then also the replacement from last week's story about with the fender that I got to replace, I would, that was still a cheap guitar. Like, yeah. I, and I still have it. It just, again, it was something that I could take on the road. It felt good, but it, you know, all that. I've also at one point owned a Squire, I guess it was like a Squire deluxe strap. So it had the, you know, the bigger headstock and it had a, mm-hmm. a it was an HSS. Uh, okay. Configuration. So there was a humbucker, and so I had that, um, but it was right-handed that I restrung to be left-handed because I was going through that phase. Um, so that was a cheap guitar that I had. I really liked. Um, have you ever heard of a company called Revelation, a guitar company? That sounds familiar, but I cannot recall so it at the moment. They're, I believe, a Canadian company, and they kind of build these. Uh, they're on like the low-end boutique guitar companies and i have one that is essentially uh jaguar-esque it you know has that body shape and uh, yeah the rjt 60 yes yes i think that might be it i I looked them up yeah so i have that guitar still and that's one thing that like it's definitely something that i'm gonna play with in in the sense of playing with the uh, the neck and amateur luthier stuff yeah so that that's a cheap guitar that i've owned what are some of the cheap guitars you've owned over the years I have had that classic vibe custom and I mentioned that, but I also ended up picking up a Squire jazz bass. And as a guy who plays guitar and was like, ah, I kind of want to play some bass maybe on some tracks or just kind of lay something down or just, you know, play a little bit at church. If somebody needs me to play that because we got more guitar players than bass players or whatever, 
I ended up picking up a Squire jazz bass for like 125 bucks on Craigslist. Nice. I tell you what, that thing has played great, and I don't actually keep it at my house anymore. My dad actually plays a Squire at, at church, and mm. he's getting up there in age. Those things are not light. And so I said, you nope. know what, Dad? Why don't you leave your guitar here, and I'm going to give you mine to play at home. And so it was just less having to bring it back and forth and all that stuff. And I went, you know what? Great use for a cheap guitar that you're not necessarily playing is take somebody who is going to play it a lot. Let them play it. Don't necessarily have Mm -hmm. to sell it. You can always just give it as a permanent loan, if you will. Mm -hmm. So speaking of a permanent loan, that, that reminds me of another guitar that I have. And I actually don't have it at my house either. I left it with my wife's parents. They live up in Wisconsin. And I left it with them because it was a guitar that I don't use. I call it my campfire guitar. Ooh, there's another reason for a cheap guitar. You know, if you're oh, going to take it out in the woods. Oh, yeah. So um, it's, a, it's a Takamine F340S, mm-hmm. which is, it, it's from like 1978. So it's back when it was a lawsuit guitar. It has like the Martin headstock and it has the Martin yeah. logo that says Takamini and company, you know, established 1962. And <laughs> cool. it looks like a D28. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, it sounds really, really good. I'm, nice. It's got like a little bit of a V-neck to it. I'm, I'm impressed with it. But mm. the reason why I have it, and hopefully Jason will listen to this podcast, was I actually got it from Jason. Nice. Because when my oldest son, my 13-year-old cork sniffer, when <laughs> he was one, two years old, he wanted to bang on the guitars. And all I had <laughs> were nice guitars. I mentioned to him, hey, you've got that Takamini that is kind of messed up. Do you mind if I just set it on a stand and so he has something he can come over and hit? He was like, yeah, you know what? I tell you what, you can just have it. And that's what he told me. And so he, he gave it to me, but he said, you can't sell it. So nice. as far as I'm concerned, that means it's on permanent loan. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's free. So that makes it super cheap. But what makes this so funny about this guitar is I like the way it sounds. I like the way it plays. There's a lot of great things about it, but it actually has a crack in the top that is so bad. It almost looks like another hole in the guitar other than the sound hole. Interesting. So essentially what happened was the guy who owned it before laid it on his bed, was Mm -hmm. messing around with a friend, not a lady friend, just messing around with a friend. Mm -hmm. And as they were messing around, one pushed the other guy. And when they pushed each other, the knee went through the top of the guitar. You know, he was like, oh, man. So Jason ended up buying it off that guy for about 25 bucks, pulled the acoustic pickup out of it, sold it for 25 bucks and was like, Hmm. I've essentially got a free guitar here. That's Um, cool. That's nice. Yeah. And so I leave it up at my in-laws and I play it every time I go up there and told them, hey, if you want to learn how to play, now's the time. Got a guitar here. It stays in tune. Yeah. So anyway, so those are those are the ones that I have that are cheap guitars. I'll say one more, but I'm not going to go into great detail because my Kretzmann Tactical 59 that I ordered, I picked it up last week and I'm probably going to do a short story with it. It definitely does not play or sound like a cheap guitar. 
I've been seeing some videos of it around, and it yes. it looks pretty cool. And that actually that brings up a kind of an addendum point. So I have that La Cabronita that I had made. My friend made yeah. it for me. I spent I think under four hundred dollars to get that made, and that's by nice. definition by. By our definition, that is a cheap guitar, but it does not play yeah. like a cheap guitar. It right. does not sound like a cheap guitar. It does not feel. It does nothing. But it's because I most—I mean, mostly my friend Matt. I did not do much, but he put it together for me. You know, he assembled it at home, just similar to you know what this Kretzmann guitar is. That it's a, you know, it's, it, yeah, for basically what it cost for the materials is what I got my guitar for. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and see, and that's that's the reason why I think that these these cheap guitars, you know, what is it that you've had and what have you liked and who is it for? I mean, there are so many different things that cheap mm-hmm. guitars can be used for and can be utilized so long as they're functional. Now, I've got a couple of other cheap guitars that I've had and I've ended up getting rid of them uh, over yeah. time. But you know what? Maybe we'll talk about. What, how you know it's time to get rid of a, a guitar. Maybe I'll bring that up then. But is yeah. there any cheap guitars that you know of right now that you're like, you know, I got my eye on this. This might be one worth getting. Uh, honestly, if I can find a left-handed Epiphone 339, the one I was talking to you yeah. about earlier, I might pull the trigger on that. It is a really good sounding... It feels like... I've I have played a real 339 before, and it feels the same to me. Sometimes you can just a guitar just feels different when it's cheaper. I know you know what I'm talking about. This one did oh, yeah. not. Like I was yep. very much so impressed. Uh, so that one, I definitely like would love to find a used Squire that I the Strat Squire that I had for a while and I got rid of. Uh, I would love to get something like that again and just kind of let that be. Uh, and it is what it is, guitar. Uh, uh, you know, a yeah. Hendrix guitar. So that's something that. I've been keeping an eye out for it and I just haven't it hasn't been the right price or the right yeah you know they want to yeah. charge an arm and a leg for shipping or something so that's definitely something that is on my radar of a, a nice cheap guitar that I'd like see and I think that's where like the classic vibe custom would be really good for you because you're going to get a pretty good quality guitar mm. but it's not going to cost you know American Strat money it's not going to cost yeah custom shop money but you're still going to get something that's going to have that feel that's kind of custom mm-hmm. shop like there's definitely another one i can never remember the model of it but fender makes those they're like malibu acoustic guitars it's the the fender california newport player acoustic electric guitar 429 dollars yeah. in candy apple red uh, i would in the headstock matches too yeah i would get one of those as like my home junker guitar that I could also it's an acoustic electric so I could plug into a system if I needed to so that's definitely one that's actively been in my cart once or twice over the past uh like three months oh yeah yeah and well and the fact that you can get it left-handed helps out quite a bit too Mm -hmm. so as far as cheap guitars on my radar honestly I don't have any and I was going to put down a few. I was going to mention a few that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the heartburn that I have every single time I go to buy a cheap guitar is I go, yeah, I want to get this Strat. It's going to be really easy to get. And then I look at my Strat and I go, but why would I not want to just play that? Yeah. And then I had the J Mascus Jazzmaster, which was an Mm -hmm. excellent guitar. 
But then I looked around and I went, but I've got all these other guitars that are much nicer. Why would I not just play them? And that brings a good point. That, like we kind of talked about, like what's the purpose of a guitar, a cheap yeah. guitar? You don't have a purpose for one right now, and that's okay. Like you no, know, that's true. You're not, or you're, the purpose that I have is already being met. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's where it is now. I would I actually really like the Epiphone Dove and. Uh, the hummingbird that they came mm-hmm. out with like those yeah. are really nice and i mean mm-hmm. if my kid was ready to play acoustic and he was ready for a dreadnought style that's yeah. probably where i would go now yeah, ibanez makes, makes good ones and there's lots of good ones out there but that i mean he would want something gibsony because that mm-hmm. he's a cork sniffer so you know yeah. <laughs> the name matters you know and the name yeah. it helps inspire so that's mm-hmm. all important Well, we should probably do a break for our sponsors because we actually have a new sponsor in Kretzman Guitars. There is a number of really cool things that are about to come up with that, and I will keep everyone abreast of the situation. Also, LifeFest, we just had one. We're doing another one in Bonagua, Tennessee this coming week, and then we're doing it all over again next year. So let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, family-friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In July of 2022, they will have two festivals once again. One at the Sunnyview Fairgrounds in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and the other at the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bonagua, Tennessee. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Crestman Guitar Company has been repairing stringed instruments and building custom guitars and basses. In 2021, Kretzman started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. That's K-R-E-T-Z-M-A-N-N Guitars.com. So, how do you know it's time to get rid of a cheap guitar? For me, when it's when the original purpose I bought it for isn't a thing anymore. Like, I mm. wanted this guitar for this reason, you know, insert whatever it is. You know, I needed a junker, or um, I just wanted something to you know mess around with, or to mess like when when it's not no longer needed, or when it's become too junky. Because there's a certain point where a junky guitar is just too junky. It's not able to hold up to you know the cork sniffing you know standards that we have uh right even in the slightest yeah and that's when your old gear day becomes somebody else's new gear day exactly yeah I, i'm with you i think one of the big things is when the guitar no longer functions like you want it to you 100%. Know? great example a cheap guitar i that i had for the boys was this thing called a, a karaya I don't know. It's it's one of those like cheap, cheap guitars. It was 40 bucks with a case and an amp and a cable. And it was a three 
quarter size guitar and you're like 40 bucks <laughs> like come on but you yeah. know the kid was five and i was like you know mm. let's get him something that he, i mean who cares he puts stickers all over it and, and you might mm. be like okay that's cool you know the ramones uh you know nirvana whatever no they were dinosaurs and they were ponies that's and cute. they were you know because he's a kid you know Mm-hmm. So he did all that, and I was like, I don't care, I don't care, because mm-hmm. the thing was forty bucks with the amp, and then I sold the yeah. amp off at a garage sale for like five bucks, so now nice. it's thirty five dollars, whatever. But I knew it was time to get rid of it because the thing didn't stay in tune, mm. so I would tune it, and it would take like five ten minutes to get it to stabilize, yeah. and then he would play it for like two three minutes. And it would be okay by the end, but then it would be out of tune if you wanted to play it again later. And yeah. it served its purpose because two, three minutes, that's about all you're going to get out of a five or six-year-old playing guitar. Mm-hmm. So it was fine, but then once you really started wanting to play, that's when it was like, okay, it's time to move on to the next thing. And so that guitar, yeah. got to go. I still have it, but the only reason why I have it is because I feel guilty like selling it to anyone who... Mm-hmm. Actually, when I it's it's probably worth more as firewood than yeah, anything probably. else. But and when when it when the instrument itself costs more to get fixed than it that it's worth. I had a lady come in with this really old classical guitar that was like, "Oh, can you guys fix this?" And we would have had just uh, the tuning machine. One of them just broke off, and yeah. we would have had to replace the whole left side of the tuning machines because they're you know together. Yeah. It would have cost, I think. $35 to do that and yeah. the guitar wasn't worth 20 so you know yeah. it's time to get rid of it yeah and and I would say unless nostalgia is a part of it mm-hmm. you know well yeah. this was my dad's guitar or you yeah, know this yeah. was my grandfather whatever or this is the one I tore but yeah a lot of those cheap guitars if it's 50 years old and it's not worth more than $35 yeah. it's going to be tough to say that nostalgia is really a a part of it because it, it wasn't worth anything when they had it either. Yeah, then hang it up on the wall and make it an art piece. Right. Now, all of that to say that there is other guitars that I've had that I've gone, yeah, it's time to get rid of it because it's unstable. And one is I actually had a three quarter sized baby Taylor. Nice. And it sounded awesome. It had mm-hmm. the mahogany top to it and oh, it nice. was. Yeah. It was very warm and it was bright and it sounded wonderful. But even though I could tune it and it would stay tuned for an entire campfire or an entire Mm -hmm. time where I was sitting there playing with it, if I set it down and came back an hour later, not in tune anymore. Mm. Well, and the crazy thing is, is it always detuned by almost a half a step. Like the whole guitar. So you would strum it and be like, something's not quite right. And you'd go to tune it, and all but like one string was half a step flat. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's when I decided it was time to get rid of it, and I I ended up selling it off for more than what I paid for it, which was kind of nice, you know. And I didn't feel guilty about it because I said it stays in tune while you're using it, but you mm-hmm. will have to retune it every time you take it out of the case. And the guy was like, "Yeah, that's fine yeah. with me." I'm like. All right. Yeah, some of those higher end. I have a three quarters Martin, a baby Martin that. Oh yeah. It's acoustic electric, and I love it. And I paid less than four hundred, I think, for it. Yeah. And it is something I probably will never get rid of because it's it's literally just set up in 
our living room right now, and it's my twiddling around the house guitar. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and I, I unless it really started to fall apart, I probably won't get rid of that thing. Well, and the reason why I got the guitar was because whenever I would go on a family vacation, it was an easy one to just toss in the back of a trunk. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Smaller, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But of course, now I kind of look at it and go, yeah, I think I'd still rather have the big one. Plus, yeah. you know, most of the time I play electric anyway, and you know, it's not like we're sitting around a campfire playing all that much. So. Yeah. Another one is when modding the guitar doesn't actually get you what you really want anymore. Mm-hmm. So my 1994 Mexican Strat, love that guitar. It was my first real guitar that I had. I changed the pickguard on it. I changed the pots. I changed the pickups. I changed the strap buttons. I changed the neck. I changed the tuners. I mean, there was just all of this modding that was done. I actually attribute a lot of my education to modding to that Mm. guitar but at the end of the day i wanted humbuckers and i wasn't willing to put humbuckers in the strat yeah and so i bought the paul reed smith i still had the strat and then i got a telly and i realized i was a telly guy and that's when i decided i'm gonna go ahead and get rid of the strat that's tough I have a Strat 95 that is something, it's at the point now where it's not sparking the same joy that it did, and yeah. I'm questioning of whether or not I get rid of it, or have my friend that built the other guitar kind of do like a complete and total makeover, and change something drastic about it. Yeah. Uh, so, that's uh, that's something I've been mulling over in my brain for a while. Yeah, but that was your main touring guitar too, though. That's another reason why I don't want to get rid so, of it. So, yeah, right. you've got nostalgia with that one, you're kind of stuck. 100%. The neck is my favorite neck. When my friend was building the other guitar, the La Cabernita, I brought him the Strat and I said, I want this neck to feel like this neck. Can you make it happen? And he said, yep, I can definitely do that. So yeah, it is the, yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. Well, that probably brings me to the, the last reason why you get rid of a cheap guitar. And that is when you can't afford to upgrade to what you really, really want. And then all of a sudden, you can, you know, like the reason why you get an Epiphone 339 is because the cost to go into a Gibson 339 is far more. Yep. Well, if all of a sudden you've got Gibson 339 cash laying around, well, now it's time to get rid of the old one, you know, cause that's what you really wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a time when you know, okay, it's time to get rid of it now. My story to go along with that is I had a Gibson ES-333. It was a red satin finish. They only made them for a couple of years. They made them in 2002 and 2003. And part of the reason why they stopped making them was because they were essentially a 335, but it was a satin finish, which dropped the price a little bit. It had a silkscreen Gibson logo. Drops the price a little bit. And there was an access panel in the back, which is actually something that I think a 335 is completely missing. But there's an access panel like a Les Paul would have, so you can get to the pots. And so this is what the ES-333 had. And I ended up getting that. Really enjoyed it. I upgraded it. I made it look like an actual 335. uh, Just by adding the pickguard. It didn't have a pickguard. I put on... 
covered pickups, you know, and that aided in its look. And, and I did all those things. And I ended up deciding that it sounded exactly like, like barely any difference between that and my Les Paul. Mm-hmm. And I went, why do I have both guitars? And so I sold it. Well, when I sold it, I found myself going, but I miss having a hollow body. So I bought an Epiphone Sheridan 2 with Dragon 2 pickups in it, like the PRS hmm. Dragon 2 pickups. Yep. And it was big and it was raucous and it was pretty awesome. I ended up putting a Bigsby on it. Super cool guitar. And nice. I don't actually have that guitar anymore. And the reason why I don't have that guitar anymore is because all of a sudden what was available to me was a Gibson ES-355, which is a $6,000 guitar, and I was able to pick it up for two grand. That's incredible. And new condition. So I decided it was time, and so I ended up selling off that Sheridan, which was awesome uh, for it. But that just goes to show, that was a cheap guitar, that Epiphone Sheridan, and I was happy with it. It was natural mm-hmm. color, gold, hardware, super cool. Had a case, all the stuff. But when all of a sudden I had a chance to get something that was Memphis made, was pretty awesome. I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And that is one of my favorite necks all time. I bet. Is on that thing. So, well, I guess that probably brings us to final thoughts. So what are your final thoughts when it comes to cheap guitars? And who are cheap guitars for? I think for a while, like when I first started having non-cheap guitar money, I like really in my brain gave cheap guitars a bad rap. And I think that there are different levels of cheap guitars, and I think that they all have their place. A cheap, cheap guitar is for a beginner, someone who wants to learn how to either play or yeah. you know mess with the pickups and stuff and then there is that medium range cheap which is you know it's something that we can get the sound that we want out of but we're not quite when it that but all in that to say is that I think there is a very important place in this world and in my heart even for the cheap guitar working at a music store that sells mostly cheap guitars because we're selling them to beginner musicians who want to learn how to play guitar I am, and don't tell my my coworkers I said this. I am beginning to have a more uh, appreciation for the cheaper guitar because they are important. If it wasn't for a cheap guitar for me to start out with, I probably wouldn't still be playing today. Yeah, I think that cheap guitars can be awesome. Yeah, like that's one of my biggest final thoughts is that cheap guitars, they can be awesome. They are a great way to scratch an itch. They're a great way to build inspiration. They are wonderful to get a low investment into something that you may or may not stick with, you know, or your kid may or may not stick with, you know, but I would also add that if your guitar can't stay in tune, if that cheap guitar can't hold tune, you got to get rid of it. Like that's an important final thought. Mm -hmm. My last one is that if you're going to spend $300 on a guitar, and then you're going to spend another $800 upgrading it. Hmm. Don't buy the cheap guitar. Instead, just save more and get what you really wanted. If you really want a Gibson Les Paul, then don't go buy an Epiphone Les Paul and then put Gibson pickups in it, new tuners, change the bridge, 
change this part, change the, you know, just save up, get what you need or look used. Let it be beat to crud. Let it have a headstock break that's been repaired correctly. And, and just enjoy having something that's more along the lines of what you wanted. Agreed. Very well said. All right. Well, I think that concludes our time on the couch. Any last little bits that you want to add to it? I've missed you, man. It's good. To, it's good to be back on the couch, and I look forward to doing it again soon. And uh, yeah, no, it's just it's good to be here, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. All right. Till next time. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Tweed Couch. Until next time. 